Focus on your own skill set. What can you control? I always say attitude, effort, focus are the things that you can control. What is your identity? How do you share your value prop? And then figure out how to bring value to other people and that will come back. Welcome to the Resilient Recruiter Podcast. This is your host, Mark Whitby, and I am absolutely delighted to be joined today by Darwin Schurig. Darwin founded Schurig Solutions, Inc. in 2015. They're based in Plainfield, Indiana. They specialize in recruiting regulatory affairs, quality and engineering talent in the medical device and pharma industries. Darwin was listed as an MRI top 10 managing partner for 2020 and is the number two cash biller for revenue as a franchise owner within the MRI network in 2022. Prior to joining the recruitment industry, Darwin had a clinical background of over 20 years experience in sales operations and management within medical devices, diagnostics, medical distribution, and sleep therapy. In addition to leading a team of 11 people, Darwin was personally responsible for over 2.2 million in billings in 2022. He also, he's doing a lot of other interesting things. For example, he created the SSI Educational Webinar Series. He's created the Candidate Experience Best Practices Prep. Interested in learning more about that. And he's a conference presenter for Talent Management Best Practices. He's a member of the Pinnacle Society. And every day, he's leading the SSI team in marketing, business development, and recruiting activities. Darwin, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here and, and honored uh, to be one of your guests, Mark. Well, and uh, am I am I right that you either have or you're launching a podcast as well? We're in the process, yes. So, all right. Uh, about two years ago, I started the 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 idea of the webinar series, and initially it was going to be a podcast. And then I was like, well, okay, everybody does podcasts, and that's great. But what if we could get some of that content on video, and we could capture some of the key nuggets? from those conversations with SMEs um, and then utilize those video clips for social media, for education, for our following, and then create white papers from it. So we've done that for the last two years, but it's also a webinar is a little bit, a little bit more challenging, right? From a time standpoint. So we're um, in the process of adjusting that to create uh, executive conversations more around the 15 minute mark to, to create those those clips and uh, maybe 15 to 20 minutes. And we're going to, moving into this next year, use that content for the podcast and then try to do maybe a webinar once a quarter with multiple stakeholders. Um, we thought that might be a little bit more efficient and easier to get people to commit to. I love it. Um, you're obviously well-versed in the content marketing uh, strategy. And uh, we love both webinars and podcasts for, for different reasons. So maybe we can get into that as we as we go along here. You were introduced to me by Wes Ashworth. Yes. How do you know Wes? I think I haven't known Wes very long, but I think Wes is just absolutely fantastic. Um, I met Wes at through Pinnacle Society. So I had the of course. Uh, the great honor of being nominated by Sharon Holsey, who's on the board and in the MRI network and a, just a great friend and somebody I admire immensely. And so I met Wes at my Pinnacle Society conference audition down in New Orleans and uh, just really, really enjoyed getting to meet him. And we, you know, we connected and then he was on your, your podcast. And so yes, uh, apparently he told you that 
that I should maybe be a, uh, a guest. So here we are. Awesome. I, as you can probably tell, I'm a big um, advocate of referrals and uh, meeting, you know, networking to, to meet great people because great people know great people. And um, so, yeah, Wes was kind enough to introduce you. So shout out to Wes. That was a fantastic episode. It was great. A really popular one. And also, I've had Sharon on the show as well. She's ah. uh, she's amazing too. So, um, listen, you've come to the recruiting game relatively late uh, yes. because you've you already had twenty years experience in med devices and and uh, and pharma in various sales and leadership roles, um, and then it's only been in the last. I guess seven years that you've you've moved into recruiting. What motivated you to do that? Well, like I I, I joked at, at at the Pinnacle Society on my introduction because my my joke was that uh, you know like everybody I, I got into recruiting because I you know I woke up and opened up my Christmas gifts and hoped there was that out that recruiter outfit. You know, because and those recruiter tools, because everybody dreams of being a recruiter, right? Um, again, obviously that's a joke, but um, I never in a million years, ten years ago, I would have met you and you just said, "Hey, Darwin, I think you should be a, you should think about recruiting or owning a recruiting firm." I probably would have hurt myself laughing at you. I never in a million years thought that I would I would be doing this. It was never anything that entered my mind, and I would say that a lot of my personal experiences before getting in the industry and meeting. Um, multiple amazing mentors and uh, incredible agents. I, I like to look at myself. I don't really care what people call me headhunter recruiter, but I look at myself as an agent. Um, I hadn't really had probably that many positive experiences. They were fairly transactional. And if I didn't fit that job description or, you know, the conversation ended quickly. So um, it's, you know, it's certainly interesting how I how I ended up here, but it's uh, I love it, and it's one of the best things that could have could have happened for for me and my family. I think from a career standpoint, fulfillment and growth and 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 being challenged as well. That's how I that's how I ended up here. Awesome. I, I so there's a few things you said that resonated for me, and but the thing that jumped out the strongest for me is you talked about your why. Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate on on that and yes. why that's you know, important to the way that you do business? I think that, I think the business why or mission statement is vital. There's so many aspects of, uh, of certain things in life that can be transactional or reactionary. I personally think proactivity and what you put into things is so important in terms of, of what you get out. And um, so I know my why, my mission statement is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm a person of, of faith. That's how I live my life. Um, and so in terms of starting the business, um, my why, my personal why is to, is certainly to take care of my family, you know, my, my, my children. Um, one of my personal loves is, is, is charity giving. It's something that's just, I think so important. Um, in giving back to, to others. Um, I think the why should be tied into what your passion is, but also should bring positive benefits to other people, right? There's a lot of ways you can make money, right? There's, 
a lot of issues with drugs, right? And fentanyl and things like going on like that right now, right? But I think that, so for my why, it is, that's my, my personal why is to take care of my family, to grow personally and to support the charities that matter to me. My business why is to help people with relevant career advancement opportunities. But the reason why we're in the areas that we're in is because I want to bring positive products to patient populations. Um, whether that's, you know, a hip implant, whether that's uh, treating, uh, identifying, diagnosing cancer and treating it well in advance, obviously those clinical outcomes go up substantially. So whatever the clinical category is, all of our families need those products. And so um, that is my specific business why. And then the support, uh, the business supporting the charities that matter to to me and and then to the the team members um so that that's how sort of my company why my personal why uh converge love that darwin that's powerful for sure and um thank you for sharing that uh love it what uh i'm fascinated by is you have like in only how long you've been in the recruiting business now well, so the end of this year will be seven and a half years. So I signed my articles okay. in corporation and transferred the money in fear. No, I'm sure I was extremely brave. That seems like forever ago, but transferred the money and started. Uh, so that was end of June, 2015. And I started training through the, uh, the franchise process in July, 2015. So what you've accomplished in a relatively short space of time is pretty mind-blowing, like both in terms of a um, building a business, so you've 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 grown to ten, to eleven people now. Yep. Um, two, in terms of uh, personal production, like very very few people on the planet do two two point two million in a year. Oh, let me cl- let me and, clarify. So that's yeah. we're as a company at two point two. So I'm about one point two of that. So. Maybe okay. maybe one point three, but my personal production, um, two thousand and twenty one was the first year I personally billed over a million dollars, and then this was the second year. So that two point two is the the total team. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> one point two is is not bad, Darren. Thank you. And number three is also building a brand, and like the the kinds of things you're doing. For, that we've touched on that I'd like to d- go deeper in sure. uh, in terms of marketing are, are really very forward thinking and innovative for the recruiting industry, which I, I find is relatively unsophisticated when it comes to marketing. Yes. Um, still, it's getting better, um, but it's still, it still kind of lags behind. And it sounds like you are really at the forefront of that. So what do you, what do you attribute your success too. Like, what do you think are the key factors that have uh, facilitated that? So I think that, I mean, first of all, I, I think humbly, I have to, you know, I think humility is a, a, a premium and you look at to be successful in our world, you kind of have to be an alpha. I mean, if you're, you're not going to make it, if you're not aggressive, forward thinking kind of person, um, there's a lot of pain and rejection that go into this process, particularly at the beginning when nobody knows who you are. So I think humility is a premium. And, uh, at the end of the day, I've been blessed to have incredible mentors, um, you know, Todd Dawson, Jim Chadbourne, Dave Dart, uh, and Joe Mullings, um, and even Burt Miller 
uh, I've had some incredible mentors. Um, so that has been, that's been significant, but what I, I have a tendency to try to look at problems or try to look at situations and try to figure out how to do something better. That's just kind of how, you know, how I'm, I'm wired. And so I think that it's a $180 billion industry and different sectors are growing at different amounts. Right. And, and so it's a huge business, but there's a lot of aspects of it on the recruiting side, on the company side, and on the candidate side that are lazy and transactional. Now, I think the recruiting side needs to own that. There's a lot. Uh, you don't need a degree, a specific degree. You don't need a license. Okay. Um, you know, we have a joke that there's, or I do anyway. I don't know. We do. I say it plenty of times. There's probably some kid somewhere in their, their parents' basement in their underwear that just got a contract at 20%. Somewhere, right? Um, so I think that the more you value and the more you put into the front end, the the greater the ROI. And so, from a um, my first three years, it was just picking up the phone, doing the work, blocking and tackling. You know, 70, 70 cold calls a day minimum. Year two, year three, uh, there's a period of time, maybe a year and a half, that I targeted a hundred cold calls a day, you know, two days a week, pretty painful. Um, at the same time, um, that's how I was able to grow, learn, improve my skill set, listening skills, how I communicate on the phone. Right. And, and reaction time, I would say in terms of communicating with people. Um, but I decided that, that I, that just didn't feel that was sustainable for, you know, you'd have a good month, not so good a month, that type of thing. And that was frustrating to me. And so um, I can't remember the name of the book, but I read this book about scaling and about how what got you to a certain point in success and, uh, you know, out of the red, so to speak, as a new business owner would not help you scale and get to the next step. And so I had to give up some things. I had to think a little bit differently from that standpoint. And that's when I started thinking about digital media thinking about the webinar, how to bring value to other people in a way that, because uh, I believe, and you know, I know Joe Mullings said, said this at one point in, when I first met him and I was like, absolutely, bring as much value to other people, you know, not tied to revenue or, or whatever that is, to the industry, to the ecosystem, and then hide in plain sight. So fo right. focus on your own skill set. What can you control? I always say, Attitude, effort, focus are the things that you can control. What is your identity? How do you share your value prop? And then figure out how to bring value to other people and, and that, will, that will come back. So at the point that the, the, the digital piece, that's when I started thinking about how do we bring SMEs on? How do we start sharing industry insights that bring value to the following right? The people in the industry from a career standpoint, they want to learn, they want to grow. They've got to find some place to get that information. I mean, you do a great job of that targeted on the recruit recruiters, right? People who want to be successful in this. If they're not listening to this podcast, then they're not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this, but they're not serious if they're not listening and learning from other people's successes and, and failures. So certainly bringing to the med, the med tech and the 
pharma, cell gene therapy is an area I'm really, really passionate and excited about where that's going, but bringing content to them that they would be interested in and that will help them in terms of insights and career growth. But secondly, leaders and uh, key stakeholders that go, I got that problem. Wait a minute. You're talking about issues with supplier quality best practices. You're talking about best practices in the regulatory submission, how to interact with the FDA. We have that challenge right now. Maybe we should talk to, maybe we should be talking to you. Maybe we should know each other. Um, So that to me, it's all about how serious are you about your dig, your niche? Because how can you help people with career advancement opportunities if you don't know what they do? And you don't understand how their skill set and their role is vital to the company. So if you're not educating yourself on that and you don't have a good understanding of that, how are you going to help somebody? Um, But through that process of bringing other people value and educating yourself, you increase your authority in the marketplace. And then obviously from a, a social media standpoint, you have the ability to make a greater impact and, and scale that. And so you made the comment earlier that there's aspects of recruiting that are maybe less mature. And I, I think that automations, and there's a lot of great tools relevant to automations. We got into automations about two and a half years ago. At the same time, if you use the tool improperly, you can, you can really muddy the water and make yourself look bad, right? So how do you utilize those tools and that technology in an efficient manner, but you still have to be the magic, right? It's still a people business and emotional intelligence, how you reach out to somebody, how you understand what it is they do, and then attract them to your, your, your client value prop, all of those things. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's a delicate balance. Right. Are you worried about keeping your recruitment firm up to date with the latest technology? After all, your clients expect you to be ahead of the curve. But how do you select the right tech for your recruitment firm and make sure that you earn enough new business as a direct result to make back the cost of your investment? Which is why our friends at iIntro provide in-depth coaching alongside their technology to help you get the most out of your investment. They offer an extensive suite of tools, but let's just take one example, their behavioral assessment tool. It's built right into their online system, so you don't have to buy or learn a whole new platform. They also include training on how to use behavioral assessments to improve your pitching technique, while also increasing the longevity of your placements to a staggering 96% after 12 months. For a free demo of iIntro's suite of recruitment tools, including behavioral assessment, just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained. Remember, when you engage with our sponsors, you also help support this podcast. Just go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash retained, then follow the instructions to get started. Amazing. Listen, uh, can I just recap on a few key things that you shared there, which, sure. um, which was a great sort of overview. So getting started in the business, it was very... Um, you know, classic, I'm going to say old school, yes. you know, 70 plus cold calls a day. Um, and was that to both clients and candidates and like just 70 calls into yes. the market? How to good awesome people? would that be if, um, if, if anybody actually knew me relevant. <laughs> so the first <laughs> half of the day, so that was split the first 
probably yeah. a year and a half. Uh, first part of the morning, you know, the morning I'd have two call blocks, you know, target half of my calls to business development and marketing. And then the afternoon, the other half targeted on rec- recruiting, getting to know people, trying to build a bench, right? Trying to help people find out what, why they would want to talk to me and why that matters, which is, is not easy, right? Um, I think recruiting, you have to be extremely resilient. You have to have strong constitution, right? Emotional fortitude because rejection, nobody likes rejection. But recruiting is an interesting animal because not only do you get rejected directly and you're not going to be very, Kathy said on the podcast, you're going to suck for six to 12 months, take you two years to figure it out, five years to be an SME. And, you know, I laughed, you know, I said humility is a premium, right? I got in, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine, but I'm going to, I'm going to break the curve. Well, it took me six and a half months to make any money. So obviously I didn't break the curve. And I would say that I fit that description really well. What you'd explained though, is that that got you started, but it wasn't, that took you to a point and, but it wasn't going to be a sustainable or be scalable right. because there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many calls you can make. So right. in order for then you to get to the next level, that's when you deployed more, um, content uh, strategies. Yes. You mentioned a couple of people we know in common, Joe Mullings, um, Bert Miller have both been on the show. And uh, Joe is an expert on this, especially as it pertains to video, um, using video and marketing. But um, the thing that really stood out to me where you talked about adding value to your ecosystem, I 100% I believe in that philosophy and that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this with this podcast is like I just a, a it, we do get a lot of clients for, who hear about our coaching through this podcast but it just I get such a huge um fulfillment from knowing that there's people who I'm never going to do business with I might never even meet right. who are listening to enjoying and benefiting from this this work that we're we're putting out there so and that and that's and that's so i think that's so important um because i always say don't make you you should never make decisions solely on money um you know it's kind of like we talked about earlier there's a lot of ways to make money that you know maybe people shouldn't consider or do right um but you are bringing value to to a lot of people and um, I think that if you are only a taker, I think the Pinnacle Society is a great example of this. And when I first got to, to start to interview and, and look at having the opportunity of being considered, if you're just looking to get something out of it, you're not a good that, – that's probably not going to work really well because it's about right. what you bring to the table and the value that you bring. Um, because and i always i always say this in relevant as you look at partnerships whether that's the client company or a candidate i don't know any relationships that are one sided that last very long you know unless i guess they're totally. forced but that's a whole another issue but if if the relationship is going to grow it's going to it's going to be a value it has to be a value to both sides and i think what you're doing that ecosystem you know, for me, it's, it's med tech, it's pharma, um, not just it's, it's, it's 
given a lot, right? We've gotten a lot of value relevant to partnering with companies, sharing their value prop, attracting talent, helping people with that career advancement opportunity and, and what they're looking for. So that's brought a lot of value. But then how do I bring value back in terms of content or industry insights or supporting the conferences that help the innovators and the people that are funding these companies and the talent and the the consultants, right? And the services all come together, supporting those conferences, um, whether that be as a host or being there and being a part of that. I think how you give back and you've been extremely smart, I think, in terms of your, your branding and your bringing expertise with different firms and different flavors and industries. And there's so much value that people can bring through that. So you know, bravo to you. I think it's super smart and I agree with you. Oh, thanks, Darwin. I appreciate that. Um, I, we should give a shout out to Kathy Stewart because you mentioned her uh, a few minutes <laughs> ago. She's been on the show as well. Uh, she was uh, awesome. Um, you should have had also, her sing just to explain, when she was on. She's amazing. I heard. <laughs> yes. Well, she's because she was a music teacher before she became a recruiter. Yeah, she's a, she's and amazing. I understand she's a singer. Um, you use an acronym. I just wanted to explain. I think it's an MRI term. Dig discipline, ah, industry, geography. Right. You threw that out there, and I just wanted to circle back and in case people were going, "Dig, what's he talking about?" <laughs> your what, dig, your what niche, your, your focus. Right. So, yeah. Some people do, you know, from an industry standpoint, uh, you know, aerospace, logistics, you know, petroleum, gas, whatever, hospitality. Um, but then within that, what you know, what is your your dig within that in terms of like, we focus on regulatory affairs, quality compliance, engineering, and then commercial roles. So, um, which we, you know, we added two, three years ago, but you got to understand your industry and, and what that looks like and what the benefit is to, um, a candidate. Why would they want to join that company? Where's that company going? Where's that company at in its product life cycle or service life cycle? What's its why? How does that tie into what the what the candidate wants to do, right? Um, yes. And then the specificity of what their their role or their vertical within the company is. I think those are all just really key things that we we on our side of the desk, if we want to be professionals and SMEs and bring value to people, we have to understand those those key areas. Love it. And by the way, when you say SME, you're saying subject, subject matter, matter expert. expert. Yes. Because that can also mean small or uh, small to medium size ah, enterprise, I think. So true. just to be super clear, um, I'd love to talk a little more about your webinar series and how you how you got that rolling. Because um, I think this is, I've done hundreds of webinars, but it's not very common for recruiting firms to, to host them. We have one client... Um, who's done a phenomenal job by hosting monthly webinars in his wow. niche, which is uh, in the UK, uh, tax accounting is his, um, is his dig. And uh, he does a monthly webinar, which is just, uh, he gets like 500 people along to each of these things and that is just generates amazing. a ton <laughs> of um, inbound, inbound business. Like basically when people fill out his, registration form for his webinar. I'll send it to you after an example, Darwin. Yeah, I could learn he has a little, I could learn a lot from from that person. So 
he has a sort of checkbox when they fill out, you know, the Zoom registration form to register for a webinar. Yes. And he has a box that says, uh, I am open to new career ideas. And then he's got another box that says, I am actively looking to build my team. And about 20 to 25, you know, candidate and client leads each. So about 50 leads a month he's getting from his his webinars. That is incredible. And the the uh, amazing, like, you know, accountants, certain professionals need to do continuing education credits to right. keep their license or their credentials. Uh, and his webinars count towards that. Um, what? That How sort of smart. that time. Yeah, that's but, really smart. Um, so he has whole firms who will like go into their conference room and they'll put his webinar on and they'll watch it. They'll watch it together. Um, but I'm interested to hear how you're using webinars. So this is uh, not <laughs> the success. So when I first started, I think the first year um, we're, you know, two and a half years into this, but the first, that first half year we did, I did four, I think four or five last year we did nine. Uh, this year right. we've only done two. And so okay. I'll, I'll kind of exp explain. So one of my uh, friends, uh, Mike, who he, uh, he does, he only does like uh, coatings. He works with coding companies that put coatings on different types of products. So he started doing interviews with subject matter experts in different areas that could share information that solve a problem or relevant to the industry. And then he would have it uh, dictated and create a white paper from it. And he would use that white paper then in his marketing to different companies to increase his authority in the marketplace and gain opportunities from that, um, which I thought was super smart. And then Great looking idea. at it, I was like, okay, I need to do that. But then, you know, uh, I was like, well, maybe we could make that better with video, right? So that's, I, I took that idea and then evolved it to the webinar. And look, let's have somebody on talk about something that matters to our following and the professionals that are in our world that might help them from a career standpoint. And then there's those nuggets, right, on leadership and emotional intelligence and overcoming obstacles. And, you know, those are some of the coolest things I think that come through the conversations of, of the people that we, we want to hear about, learn about. So, um, I was, you know, terrified the first one we, we did it, invested in some of the equipment, those kind of things. And I think we had like 23 people that showed up and I was like, okay, awesome. That's kind of cool. Um, we've had some where we, uh, we only had capacity for a hundred, but we've had, you know, a couple different ones where a hundred people register and then we get 88, 80 people show up, um, depending on the topic. So it, it, my goal was to bring value to others in terms of their career growth, but then because of the information and how we're putting it out there in the marketplace and, and bringing value freely, we'd start to get some leaders to go, you know, that person keeps sending me stuff on this, on that. They kind of know who you are, even though they don't know you. And then they'd yes. say, wait a minute, we should get on that webinar because we have that problem right now. Maybe we can learn something, right? And it would bring hopefully bring business down the road in the same way that uh, the person that you talked about that obviously knows what they're doing really well and is getting a lot of business from it. But the challenge this year and why, why did we go from nine to two is because as we've grown and scaled and my responsibilities, I've been the person that's 
done the attracting to try to get people on and right. you know you only have so much time so i haven't figured out how the best way to do that so what we then we're in the process of executing this right now was as i looked at that and like okay we've gotten great feedback the white papers on it get great feedback uh um angela does a great job with with that um on my team so now we're moving to those executive conversations, industry insights, executive conversations, because I think when you you know look at how busy you are and the people that we want to interact with and share their positive experiences and insights and what's going on, um, you know, getting on a webinar for 45 minutes to an hour and talking about a topic versus, hey, yeah, let's get on and have a conversation for 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be live um, and then turn that into sort of the podcast. and. We can also use those video clips in the same way we were using them from, from the webinar. Then we can be more targeted and proactively say, okay, we have, and, and then also we can, we can, we're starting with me, but Chrissy on my team, Brian, Milo, Josh can piggyback off the same process to help enhance their identity and authority in the marketplace relevant to social media. Then we can proactively say, okay, hey, in the third quarter, we want to do a um we want to do a webinar with three subject matter experts on to talk about challenges relevant to supply chain or supplier quality or you know dealing with the fda in a particular area or work from home or whatever it is right and now you're talking about two or three topics and you're sharing and and that's a little bit maybe less um feels like less of a time commitment and people want to be a part of something right so i think being able to be on and not have all the responsibility for the content of that you get to be a part of a panel versus being yes. the the sole person uh, my hope is is that as we have those conversations those executive talks and those video clips and then people go oh well that was easy and no hey i like what you're doing i like what the value you're bringing back to our world yeah i'd, I'd be a part of that webinar i'd be a piece of it and then we can continue to do the white papers and the webinars, but maybe do them in a little bit more efficient way. So that's that's my hope. And that's our hopefully we can execute on that moving into this next year. Absolutely. Makes sense to me. And and it's definitely not an either or like right. webinar or podcast. Ideally, it's both because they they're they serve different purposes. So I'm looking at your webinar page now. So you've done one on regulatory intelligence, emerging med tech, when to engage a CRO, US regulatory submission best practices, supplier monitoring and development. Um, so really interesting topics here, Darwin. Um, and so, yeah, this is phenomenal. Um, how did you like find and recruit your guests? How did you get people interested to come and do this with you? So, you know, some of them are, are, are friends. I mean, you know, Joe Molling has been such a great mentor and such a, um, just so kind. And I mean, we, in a sense, we don't really, you know, saying that we compete with Joe, I mean, Joe is, is, is the top from my perspective, but, uh, but we are in the same space and his, you know, his kindness and willing to share and mentor and is, uh, been phenomenal. Um, so, uh, you know, he was kind enough to help me get started 
uh, being being a guest. And then um, as I'm having conversations with with different leaders, hey, you know, we're having a conversation about a problem or a situation. You know, Chris Stab, uh, amazing VP of quality at, at Cooper Surgical, great person. And I uh, got the opportunity to interact with him as a, as a candidate. Well, he's overseeing, you know, 40 facilities for supplier quality, um, something like maybe 16 people and just really smart on best practices, uh, how you identify a supplier, how you set up um, supplier scorecards, how you proactively work with that supplier to be a partner versus, you know, the, the, the police or, or being in a rat, more of a proactive partnership versus reactionary and the benefits from that. So, you know, we got to know each other and then uh, from a candidate standpoint, and then I said, you know, and then I just approach him and say, hey, would you be willing to share with our following? And there could be. And then the other thing is to it also benefits. It's it's a really nice white paper and doesn't cost them anything. And we're the ones putting it together. So it's it's nice for their brag book and we're promoting them. Right. References are great. For, for a reason, if you're tooting your own horn, it's, it's a lot, it doesn't have the same impact and it, um, and it, it's just not, it's not received the same way as if somebody else, totally. right, is, is bragging yeah, and sharing I, about how you can bring value. And so that's, that's how I've, I've targeted people. First of all, it's interesting. It brings value to the following. Somebody would want to know about it from their career or they have that problem. This episode is brought to you by Recruitment Entrepreneur. If you've dreamed of starting your own business, or if you've already got a successful firm and you want to grow more rapidly, then pay close attention. Recruitment Entrepreneur are the number one investors in recruitment startups and scale-ups globally. They provide everything you need to grow your business, including the funding and financial expertise, operational strategy and back office support, and marketing and talent attraction solutions. Led by James Kahn, they've already invested in 45 businesses and you could be their next joint venture partner. To learn more about Recruitment Entrepreneur in the USA or anywhere globally, go to recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. That's VC is in venture capital. Book a call with one of their investment directors and be sure to tell them you were referred by Mark Whitby and the Resilient Recruiter podcast. Once again, visit recruitmentcoach.com forward slash VC. So it's totally a win-win for both you and the person, the expert who's coming, like you're giving them a platform right. to uh, build their own brand and recognition in the market as well. So it really benefits both both parties. And what I want people to get about the strategy, I call this the expert interview strategy mm -hmm. because it enables you, the recruiter, to create very high value content without you needing to know, be the expert exactly. yourself. And because like, maybe you don't have that deep technical knowledge of the, you know, um, med tech industry, for example, so you, or, or, you know, how use regulatory submissions, like that's probably not something a recruiter is going to know that topic themselves, but you can find somebody who does know that. And because you're the one who's putting these things together, A, their credibility rubs off on you, mm -hmm. and B, you get the credit for sh creating that value and sharing it in your marketplace. Right. You get the goodwill that uh, that generates. And um, so the 
as a byproduct of that, it just builds enormous um, credibility, goodwill, and you know visibility in your in your market. Without again, because the, the biggest reason I hear uh, Darwin that recruiters are reluctant or overwhelmed to do much in the way of content marketing is they're like, you know, but I don't know what I would talk about. I'm not like an expert, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which actually is not true. I, I, recruiters often undervalue how much they really know and how much value they could bring to the market. But setting that aside, this is a way around that whole issue. So one thing I would, I would add to that, right? So mm. it's easier it's easier conceptually and based on the energy and effort that you have to put into your own personal growth to be a generalist, right? To be less specific. And then there's only so much time. And then how do you, we're all different in terms of how we learn, how we, uh, how we absorb content, right? And, and application. So I think it's so important to, to have a focus, you know, a niche. I started the company based on quality because I, you know, as a clinician, I care about clinical outcomes. I care about patient care. And then people in quality care about that end product and how it benefits patients and risk management and making sure that the design, right, and the prototype is reproducible, cost-effective, and safe, right? So regulatory, I kind of moved into after a year and a half, two years, because I just love the, the, that process whether it's the 510K, the biocompatibility section, or what the substantial equivalence of the predicate device is, um, how they put that information together and the emotional intelligence of interacting with the FDA or that governing body, because um, how de-escalation versus if you ask the wrong questions, you answer improperly, you shine a spotlight and can lead to other things. So that that entire process. Now, have I ever, you know, have I ever done design controls, inputs and outputs relevant to a medical device, or have I made a submission and interact with the FDA? No, um, I have not. But I understand enough and have put enough time into that, that I can have an intelligent conversation with somebody. And I can also understand where their skill set and their experience is at for my client partner. So you have to, so the more general you're going to be, uh, the easier that is, but I think the less value in that, it's also when the market doesn't go well or things are going tough, you, you're not, uh, you're more at risk, right? Uh, relevant to the economy or what's going on. Um, so you kind of got to figure out what's important to you, who you want to be in the marketplace. Then you have to focus on those areas. But to your point, if you do a good job at that, at that, then when you're having conversations and you're bringing more value, they're more fruitful to the people that you're, you're interacting with, then you could have the ability then to do a podcast or a webinar because they're going to feel comfort. Uh, they have to have a comfort level that you know what you're talking about and that you have their best interests at heart too, um, so that you're going to uh, raise their authority and how you position them whether that be a podcast or video, that that's going to be a positive thing, right? Not only on why they're doing it, but how they're going to be presented to the marketplace. So I know that's a little bit convoluted, but I think that's really important. Awesome. Darwin, um, 
What's been the biggest challenge that you've had to address and overcome while growing your recruiting business? Gosh, there's just so many. Um, so I think there's the person. So I'm going to try to give you a couple different ones. Um, but I think that for me, I'm an action person. I, I do want to get things right. At the same time, as an entrepreneur and somebody that you, you know, you're investing your retirement into something, you don't have all day. <laughs> okay. I think there were six franchisees that started at the same time I did, and only two of us made it past the two year mark. So, wow. Um, okay. I read in the, you know, you're in Scotland. I read in the UK uh, an article this past week that over 6,000 new recruiting firms were started in the UK in 2021. And over half of them didn't make it past the first year. Like, so, right. right. So you only yeah. have so much time. You only have so much runway. And so um, I think you have to figure out what that pivot point is for how prepared you are and you move to action. For me, it's about 75%. And then I'm going to learn a ton through the process to make adjustments and, and to get better. But, um, you know, so... <sighs> Just, Could you sort of just explain that 75% Yeah, so piece? we talked about industries and specific position niches mm -hmm. or it digs, right? And so where the more specific you are and the, 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 the more targeted you are in your focus, I think the easier it is to do this. I didn't do a very good job of this because I was, you know, really broad. Now that helped us when the pandemic hit. Um, because I have the ability myself to go out and fill multiple types of positions. But at the beginning, that was not, not a great. Um, so, so, okay. So let's say, let's take, uh, let, let's take quality, quality engineering. So, you know, if you're going to work on trying to help quality engineers with career advancements, what aspect of that are you, you know, is, are you, are you quality assurance? Are you supporting production? Is it supplier quality? Is it supporting NPD and MPI for taking products from design to commercialization, right? So your risk management, what area? Well, if it's supporting production, if you don't know what, if you don't understand auditing, if you don't understand what a cap is, nonconformance, right? Deviations, uh, the statistical analysis and controls that go into that, like pick that area and you got to have some understanding and do some work, but then you got to get busy. You got to start making calls. You got to start reaching out. You're not going to, you're just not going to be perfect. Like Kathy said, you're going to stink. She said suck, but we're going to put that word on her because my mom doesn't like that word, even though I use it too. But, um, but you're, 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 you're not going to be great. You've got to do the work, the muscle memory, the blocking and tackling, whatever you want to. And, and then if you have the right frame of mind and the right attitude, what you'll learn through that that works, doesn't work, and you'll get better through the process, right? You can't work and train and develop until you're perfect and then, and then get, get going. So that, um, you know, that was a, a real challenge, but I think, you know, part of the reason I made it through that is because I, I knew I was going to work. I knew I was coachable and I was willing to learn. Um, I think the second thing is that point of deciding am I going to own a really good job or do I want to own a business? 
And, mm, and I think that's a yeah. really, you know, everybody loves to, yeah, I've thought about running a business. I've thought about, I kind of look at owning a business like, like cancer. And I don't say that, you know, disrespectfully or subtly. I think that people have huge empathy for anybody that's had somebody in their family or, or a friend that's had, you know, it's a huge problem, right? And it's, it's, it can be devastating depending on the type. At the same time, empathy versus understanding, uh, if you haven't ever tried to start a business or owned a business, then you really don't know. That's kind of the, the correlation with the cancer, right? You can say this, that, but unless you've actually lived it, you, you just can't know. And it's, and it's really, it's a challenge. So for me getting to that point to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I am the, the company stable cash flows. Good. We've got consistent business coming in. We've got a model that works. Do I want to live, you know, a good life, take care of my family, the charities I want, and just have a lot of autonomy and and own a business, but really own a great job? Or do I want to scale that? And do I want mm. to bring on and and help change other people's lives and then grow this so that it can be something bigger? And that's a that's a really important decision for me. I got to a point where I said, you know, I I don't that that wouldn't work for me. I want to scale it. I want to bring in, I want, this has changed my life and in a very positive way, my family's life. So, um, for me, I want to have a greater impact on that bringing positive products to patients and how that benefits families and and people. And then internally, I want to help. I want all my people to, I want to help them change their lives too. I love that. And listen, I feel like that's going to be part two of our podcast, Darwin, is <laughs> next time, let's talk about scaling because okay. we didn't really get onto that today, but that is a, that's something that you've, you've uh, accomplished and you're, you're only getting started, I, I, I see. So Darwin, thank you so much for doing this. I really enjoyed the conversation and um, look forward to a- keeping in touch Absolutely. With you. Can I give a quick shout out to my mom and my dad in particular? Please do. So yeah. um I, I, you know, I think two of the biggest reasons for where I'm at, my dad told me, and we, unfortunately we lost my dad this year to Parkinson's, but you know, my dad, my dad always said at an early age, if you work hard, you'll beat out 50% of people. And if you're honest, you'll beat out another 40%. And, and I think that is so, uh, I've lived my life that way. And, and, you know, my mom, uh, in terms of, of, of faith and how you treat people, um, She's just a gem. Everybody loves her. She's one of the most uh, loving people you'd ever meet. So I just wanted to give that shout out to my folks. Love it. Excellent role models in terms of uh, instilling values that you still live by. So uh, brilliant. Awesome. Thanks Thanks so much, much, Darwin. Really appreciate your time and, and the honor of being on. Thank you so much for listening to The Resilient Recruiter. If you've enjoyed the show, the best way you can show your support is to click that subscribe button. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.